Welcome back to the Quilting Stories podcast. I'm Jeff Rutherford. I'm a quilter, and you can find me on Instagram at Jeff Rutherford. And my co-host is Elaine. And Elaine, if you want to introduce yourself. I'm Elaine Wick Poplin. I'm also on Instagram. My handle is Messy Goat. And it's not because I'm messy, although that is true. Right. <laughs> and go ahead, Jeff. Sure. Well, our guest today is quilter Tara Romero. And Tara lives in Oregon. And when she's not quilting, she works as a teacher. And you can find Tara on Instagram at FleurDelise73. And Tara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I think we usually start by asking our guests, how did, can you tell us how you got started quilting? Yes. Um, well, there was a time early on when um, I had my first son, he was a little bitty guy and I went through a period of infertility as many women do. And my mom invited me to a quilt class and um, I think she thought it was going to be a good distraction for me. And I went um, to a little town close um, to where I live. And uh, once a week we had quilt class and I made a schoolhouse sampler quilt. And um, I met my quilt teacher, Tammy, there. And um, over the next, I think it was a couple of years, we just kept working on that quilt. And of course, I, I did end up having um, another baby. So, and that, I know that's common off also for women, but I, um, so I, I did make a couple of quilts about, you know, 20 years ago. And then I had to put all of that aside after having my second son and um, there wasn't really time for that. So <laughs> I kind of parked quilting until of, like many people, the pandemic hit and um you know, after being in lockdown for, I don't know, maybe 10 days, I kind of was like, okay, what am I going to do with myself? And went out to the garage and pulled out all those scraps. And I had been saving some pictures on Pinterest of quilts that I thought were beautiful. And I pulled out and started cutting two and a half inch squares and made a huge king size charm quilt that um, I ended up running out of fabric and having, I went to my mom's and she let me go through her scraps. And then I ended up having this beautiful array of scraps that went from the 1960s until current um, time. So it tells kind of a lot of, um, well, it shows, it has examples of fabric from um, aunts and my grandmas. And so that's kind of fun. That's great. That's a treasure. So, so did your, did your mom quilt at the time or was that class a first for her as well? She was just kind of starting out also. And, um, she's, she kept quilting, um, when I kind of paused mm -hmm. and she does like, um, some stained glass quilts that you've seen those beautiful ones. I think they make like a, a bias binding that kind of trims the pieces and with batiks. And, um, she was, a a seamstress. So I grew up and she made all of our clothes and she made beautiful, um, wedding gowns for people. So she's a quite gifted, um, seamstress. And so she's, a my mom, Barbara is a, she's an exact quilter. Like she's very, um, precise is the word. She's an accountant <laughs> and a mathematician is my dad. And so they're very precise people. And so her work is very, uh, like you can't fault it there. It's just absolutely amazing. And, um, so 
yeah, I was around quilts from, um, I come from quilters. My great grandma made, you know, the around the world kind of utilitarian kind of quilts. And for all, you know, 65 plus great grandchildren, all everybody had one. And um, so, yeah, she was quilting while I parked that. And so I wa- I would see her work on them until I picked it back up. That's great. Well, it seems like from your Instagram feed that once you got started again in the <laughs> pandemic that you haven't stopped. Yeah. It, sometimes it's a little embarrassing. I think sometimes, you know, people will ask me like, what do you do with all of them? And and I think that a true hobbyist um, knows that you don't have to define what do you do with all of them. And um, for me, like, I often will be working on a quilt and it'll come to me who this one will go to. So I love, I really enjoy gifting um, quilts to people. So yeah, I just finished my, I think it's my 62nd uh, quilt. So it's like, I think 52 quilts since the pandemic hit. So that is, I'm kind of prolific. (laughs) So Yeah. Well, I understand that too. And, you know, I get, I love that question you know, what do you do with them all? Well, we live in a padded house. (laughs) They're everywhere. And I make them because it's, it's not feasible to not make them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I have to. Yes. It's like a therapy. Right. And as a teacher, you have so much pent up energy that it's got to go somewhere. Yes. And it's, Agree. I learned that I I was an introvert during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I'd been living as an extrovert all my life. <laughs> and um, people would, you know, check, you know how people would check on each other and I people would be like, are you, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I, <laughs> I felt bad because I didn't know how to say that I felt this immense joy. <laughs> I'm living my best life. Yes. And peace. <laughs> and I, I realized that I needed to um, incorporate more nature into my daily practice and, and quilting and, um, and solitude. And so, cause once you know that you can't, un you can't go back to that. Um, and so it, I find kind of like, if I'm not at my machine a little bit every day that I get a little, I don't know, angsty or, <laughs> um, a little anxious or something. I, I kind of find myself, if I'm at a party, I kind of will be looking at my watch thinking I could go home and bust out a couple blocks before I go to bed. <laughs> and I thought, wow, Tara, that's you, you really are an introvert. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. And do you get the, when do you sleep question? Or do yes. you ever sleep? Yeah. I, that one's annoying to me because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, a compliment. <clears throat> it's actually criticism masked as a compliment. Yes. And, you know, I, I tend to say I, I do sleep. I probably sleep more than you. I just sleep really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm not going to apologize for the prolific because it, it's a good thing. Truthfully. Well, I, I think some, I mean, some people are, you know, massive readers and or you know, I mean, there's a, there's a million things we can do with our time. And, um, I, I have just found this great joy in creating something, um, out of uh, most of my fabric is, um, inherited or gifted to me. And so I'm kind of, um, I don't know, chintzy with my, I'm not out buying a lot of fabric sure. at the quilt store. And, 
I've cut all of my scraps into kind of a system and they're over here to my left always when I'm in my quilt studio and they are all in the drawers. And so I can, I can be quite efficient with my time when I want to make something. I just, it's always right here, right, right at my fingertips. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like it's actually like I'm quite productive. And so I can, it looks like I'm prolific, but I might've only been quilting for an hour that day, but I can, you know, make things rather quickly because of the way that I'm organized. Yes, absolutely. And having things already cut is such a huge time saver. People don't realize. Absolutely. So. Of course, that's totally foreign to me. I'll just, I'll just grab pieces of fabric and cut as I go. There's no, there's no shame and no quilt police in my opinion. No. I mean, I, I feel like when there's quilt police around, that's not, those are not my people. Sure. Yeah. sure. No, and I've never seen a badge. <laughs> no. So. True. Yeah. So, so. I, I did notice that you make a lot of sampler quilts or th- those are the ones that I've noticed um, on your Instagram feed. What appeals to you about sampler quilts? Oh, gosh. Well, now this is a truth story here, isn't it? Um, <laughs> well, I, I have, I'm sure that, you know, many people have, you have a journey maybe to learning that they have ADHD, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm quite hyper. And for me, that it wasn't that I discovered that recently, my, you know, my poor teachers, um, when I was a kid, I, I'm kind of busy. And so I get bored when I'm doing the same block over and over and over. And I find that that's when I will get kind of, um, I mean, I have cut the tip of my finger off once uh, with a, yeah, with a terrible quilt blade. Now I'm always changing my blade because I think that helps, but um, I just get bored if I'm doing the same thing. And so I love that, like this, the new and the novel is, is interesting to me. And so I do like samplers for that reason. Sure. Um, otherwise I have to kind of spread it out and only do a little bit at a time. Um, I, I'm not, it's not going to be fun to me to like chain piece a hundred hourglass blocks. Um, that'll be kind of torturous. I mean, I'll do it, but I'll have to celebrate if I do something like that. <laughs> but but haven't you done some of the bunny hunters? Oh my gosh. Yes. I yes. And <laughs> and because I'm like very goal oriented, I, I have this like driven like once and once I start it, I can get a little obsessive and it's like sure. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm not gonna do my dishes. I'm just gonna get this task done for the day. And there's this anxiety of like, what if I don't finish it before she puts out the next clue? And <laughs> I know there's no one watching me, but if I feel like I want to be done on time or something. So that's kind of a silly nonsense. Oh, no, I relate. Totally. Yeah. I, Jeff, did you finish your the Chilawi one? Uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> See, that would make me mental. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, and I think I told Elaine, I think what happened was I got all of the blocks finished and then I was looking at the um, sashing instructions and I was just kind of like burned out. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I set the blocks aside. I absolutely will finish it. But I was like, I'm going to do this later. I want to work on something else. Yeah, yeah. that's probably smart because um, I don't know. I think sometimes when I'm rushing through, that's when I kind of will look back at it later and go, "Cow, that's not great what I did there. Those seams are not quite, you know, that's not quite working the way I was anticipating. Um, 
So yeah, I, I will do that, but I do prefer kind of um, the the sampler quilt for the reason that it's um, you know new and novel. I just started. Uh, you guys know Terry Rowland's color wash quilts? Have you seen? No, I'm not familiar. Uh, I'll have I'm not. To, I'm, I'm not immediately Google. familiar, but I, I've seen the color wash um, type quilts. But well, you you'll have a fun afternoon um, looking up her work. It's I'm just really inspired. It's it almost looks like uh, watercolor, and they're just simple three and a half inch squares with a little square in the center, and so. I could do something like that because um, I feel because it's not so difficult and there's Mm -hmm. something about the color, the color inspires me and I could put on like some Schitt's Creek in the background and kind of just burn through a couple seasons of that and make, (laughs) make some blocks. Yes. Yes. That's the kind of stuff I gravitate to very much because I'm, I'm not trained in art and my mom was. And so she's all my life talked about ways that you, you play with color and classes that she took in art school. And so I'm kind of auditing her classes 60 Mm -hmm. years later. That's neat. (laughs) Just by playing with color on my design wall. So I, I absolutely understand. And I learn a lot every time I do something like that, just looking at the, color wash quilt that's yeah you may have sucked me into another yeah, one. thanks thanks for that it, appreciate she it. has <laughs> yeah. some youtube videos and Super. i watched talking about her how her strategy is and i was like oh that's inspiring yeah color i think i think color is fun my my quilt teacher tammy that first taught me would always have us talk she would talk about the squint test where you mm-hmm. can uh, stand back and squint and kind of see like you know, or to take a picture in black and white and kind of notice that. And that's always interesting to me where I'm like, oh, I had no idea that that was going to show up like that. Or Yeah, even um, just taking a picture and looking at it on your screen, very small, makes things jump out. My mother has another trick. If you turn it upside down, you'll oh, see stuff. Yeah. Um, or walk away and turn suddenly <laughs> and look back at it and... That's good. So blur your eyes, squint your eyes, all kinds of stuff. So she has lots of little tricks like that. Ways that of seeing it in yeah. a way that you weren't looking at it originally. Yes. Yeah. Well, and smart. so so what was the name of the quilter with the color wash? Can you tell it's, us again? I think it's Terry Rowland or Rowland. Yeah. I can send yeah. it to you, Jess. Okay. So you can that sounds add great. It. I'll yeah. send you her YouTube channels that work yep. for you. That sounds it's, great. It's really beautiful. It's it um it's just very lively and ah. I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> My bad. <clears throat> sorry. Do continue. How do you decide on what the next quilt is that you're going to work work on? Do you have like a list of ones that you have in mind? Do you, does something catch your eye on um, uh, YouTube or or Instagram? How does that work for you? Well, I'm kind of in a new way of doing that right now. Um, during well, during the pandemic, I subscribed to like a like some kits that would come every month and I would Mm -hmm. make those up. And I thought, because I, I just didn't, I mean, I was just starting again, kind of getting back at it after 20 years. And I thought, Oh, this is a fun, I love these fabrics and I love this pattern. This will be good practice. And it made kind of a smallish quilt. So it was great for gifting to babies and um, it's a great lap quilt kind of size quilt. So I did all of those. And then I realized 
um, I, I ended up not doing that anymore. Like I ended that subscription because I started seeing things again that I wanted to do. And, um, sometimes I peruse Pinterest when I'm bored and, (laughs) and look and see what, what inspires me. And, um, right now it is like a lot of colors, like where things kind of, I don't know, like, um, the word is gradient, like where they kind of flow from light to dark in the same color range. And, um, I, I've, I've done a lot of sentimental kind of quilts. Um, I did a series called mothers and grandmothers. Um, I had been doing my ancestry and I did a quilt where I honored 100, um, women in my family tree. And so it's, it's Tula pink city planner, um, pattern and Mm -hmm. each block I sewed and they don't match at all. They're all random, which I kind of like. And I, then I would post on Instagram about my grandmother and I did 100 grandmothers. And I, um, that, that was kind of, um, that's, that kind of inspired me, um, because it was about a story telling a story. Sure. Um, and so did I, I wasn't clear. Did you sew their names onto the block or or were you well, just sewing the block and naming them for a grandma? Yeah, that took me a while. I kind of in, started investigating how did I want to put their name on there? And mm-hmm. I met with an embroidery um, person that had a bo- embroidery machine and sure. she gave me some sample text size and it just felt too tidy. Um, right, right. And it wasn't the look I was going for. And so I ended up just handwriting in my handwriting. I wrote their name and their, um, you know, birth date and right. Right. Yeah. So I just labeled it. Um, and I, I need to figure out how to quilt it now. Like I, my, my culture was like, that needs to be custom quilted. And I'm like, I know, but how, <laughs> what do we want it to look like? You know, what will set off the names and, and also it's king size and it's enormous. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do with this monstrosity? But <laughs> that'll come later, I suppose. So. Sure. Uh, so you, you have a quilter, do you quilt, quilt yourself ever or always send out or what do you do? Yeah, I do. Um, I will quilt them myself if they're small and manageable. Um, I know I'm, I'm definitely self-taught. I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I put on, you know, I've got a, what are those, what is that attachment my, that I put on my machine that. The darning foot, open toe Mm -hmm. foot, quilting foot. No, it's like a walking foot. Yes. (laughs) And that, that has like the big little box that sits yeah, off yeah, the yeah. back. Yeah. Walking foot. And I, you know, so that will help a little bit, but I don't, I don't have a lot of throw space on my machine. And so that right. kind of gets laborious. So if it's small, um, I'll, I'll do that myself. And I, I do think that's kind of fun. Um, I, I've been considering like, maybe I just need to get a long arm of my own at some point because it, my, my, qual- my closet is so full of quilt tops <laughs> that are not finished. And um, you know, that's, that's hard. So I do have, um, I have a custom, um, quilter that, um, she does custom things for me and her name's Carmen. I love her work. And then I ran into my quilt teacher from the, from 20 years ago. I, when I was first looking for a long armor, I, um, messaged someone on Facebook and found out that it was my quilt teacher. And so that has been really fun to, um, have her do most of my quilts and 
and she's, it's just kind of fun to catch up. She lives near me and um, she's always wanting to know what I'm up to, what am I making? And that's great. Yeah. Well, what kind of machine do you use? Um, I use two machines. I have a memory craft 3000 Janome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's old now. It's probably like 20 years old plus. And then I also sew on a, a featherweight 221. Um, and it's, she, her name's Ruth and, um, she's in 1934 and, um, she's delightful to sew on. Um, you know, she, I got to really oil her up every day to get her sure. moving, but boy, those stitches are delightful. That's wonderful. I, I don't have a featherweight, but I've, I've sewn with friends who, who use them almost exclusively. Yeah. They come to my house like strays. <laughs> Do you have a lot of them, Aline? Well, I have one in a case. I used to have two, but my, my niece was sewing on a broken old, I don't even know what brand cast off from her mother and kept calling me for machine maintenance FaceTimes. So finally I said, you know what? I'm sending you one. I'm sending you. <laughs> so I sent her, I sent her a featherweight that had come to me from a family friend that she knew. And I kept the one from my aunt. That's a 1958. That one's in a case. And the others, I found one on Craigslist for 75 bucks. That was the first one. And I use it for decor in my front hall in a table. Wow. And then I've, how many more? I think I've got seven more that have just shown up. People are like, oh, you collect them here. I have one. I'm like, well, I, <laughs> yeah, they so, do be kind of Do you ever sew on them, Elaine? Uh, the, I have two, I think two treadles that need new belts. Um, I've got a red eye. Two 1922s that are, I'm the second owner of both of them, which is amazing. Um, One is in a table, needs a new belt. One is not in a table. I have an electrified um, 1892 Wilson and Wheeler iron doorstop that sits on my (laughs) mantelpiece that's just decor. You You might see it behind me. Yeah, there it is. Um, but it's, I've never used that. The only ones I've, only ones I've used are the ones that were in the cases. The others can be used. I've had them fixed up. I just haven't replaced the belt or, you know, there's a throat plate missing Mm -hmm. on one of them. I was quite surprised by how well this, you know, um. Yeah, they're amazing. I got kind of, I don't know. I'd been watching videos about antique sewing machines and. Um, a couple of my friends that quilted would always take theirs that, and they talked about how portable the featherweight is and it's kind of a workhorse. And I thought, so I just, I posted on Facebook. I was like, Hey, if anyone has one of these in their closet or, you know, knows of one contact me and let me know if you'd like to sell it. And about a week later, my doorbell rang and my school secretary was there with one in a box that she gifted me. Oh my God. And yeah, people who um, don't know, they just hand them over and you're like, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanks. Well, okay. Yeah, she had three of them and, um, this one was her grandmother's and, um, or her mother's and yeah, she, her and her sisters discussed it and said that they would love for me to have it. So it wasn't sitting up in the 
attic where there was, you know, it's just sitting there being wasted. And I took it to a gentleman who tuned it up for me and he said it was a beauty and he was quite impressed considering it was in 1934 and, um, she hums and I love the sound sewing (laughs) on her. And, um, I don't know, sometimes I just switch back and forth between one or the other, but most of the time I'm on my Janome because I just feel like I don't, I I don't know. I I don't have to oil it as much. It just runs. So sure. Yeah. That's been a good workhorse. So do you have a favorite quilt that you've made? Oh boy. Favorite quilt. Well, maybe that's a, that's a really good question. (laughs) Maybe the mothers and grandmothers one, just because, um, because I learned so much about my family's history as I worked through it. And I learned that I descend from quilters way back. Um, and, uh, and then I think about the privilege I have to quilt for fun and that, um, I know all of those women sometimes quilted with just leftovers that they had and pieces of clothing and whatnot. And I think about, um, all of their hard work and how I exist today because of what they've contributed. Um, so I think that one is probably my favorite. Um, I also made, do you guys know, uh, Lori Holt, the quilter, Lori Holt? Yes. Be in my bonnet. Yes. And so, um, she had these books that had, they're kind of whimsical blocks, um, tractors and, um, all kinds of things that are like farm oriented. And so I just finished one. My grandma passed away a year and a half ago and um, I named that quilt Lucille and each block. I thought I just picked one of the blocks that made me think of her. So there's like some yarn and mixing bowls and a tractor and some chickens, all the things that reminded me of being out at my grandma's when I was a little girl. And so I, I think I like the quilts the best that tell a story. And were those paper pieced or is that pieced? Um, they're not paper pieced. Um, they're all just um, well, just pieced regularly, I guess. Yeah, right, right. You, yeah. you like um, Elizabeth Hartman a lot, Jeff. You'd probably like Lori Holt's stuff. <laughs> quite a bit. I mean, they're really, they're cute. They're not um, unreasonably comp- complex in their, sure. in their styling. So it's, you know, it's not like making one of my patterns. It's more reasonable. <laughs> well, and I, and I think like the, like, I've looked at that and thought, well, pe- like a lot of people will do projects and they'll do chickens and then every block is chickens. And I don't know if if that's me as much as, um, I feel like lately I've kind of more into like modern and kind of improv-y kind of stuff, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I do like the ones that, that tell a story. Um, I also love leaders enders quilts more than anything (laughs) because I love that I'm doing two things at once. And, um, I am making this ginormous, I don't know if it's called is rail fence where it's two rail fence is a um you'll you can have it be as many strips, strips right? as you want, but there's straight strips and then they you alternate the directions so you right. have yes. up down, side side, up down, side side. Like I mean, I think 
that that's is kind kind of i mean a, yeah they're just they're okay. arranged into a spinner yeah it's a spinner so i'm making this enormous um i like drew it out on graph paper and it's rainbow and it kind of starts it's diagonal across the quilt of those little tiny blocks and i'm using it as a leader's enders and I've posted some of the progress on it. I'm probably about a third, almost halfway done with it. And it's been, I mean, it's going on for a long time. It, I'm hang, It's hanging as a curtain right now <laughs> because it's so enormous. And, um, but that one I love because I just love to look at the color. And then I know each of those little pieces, I know like, oh, that came from this quilt and that came from, um, it's amazing to me if you buy a yard of fabric that it could show up into 30 quilts. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that whole idea. I mean, like I'll be working on a quilt at one of my retreats and someone will just give me a square of fabric that I didn't yes. have five minutes before and it goes right into the quilt. <laughs> There's I something kind of like cool about that. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's my, that's my favorite. So is that pattern one that you developed on your own? You said you did it on graphic. Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. That's I great. Mean, I don't know if you'd consider it. I mean, I don't know. I had a friend ask to copy it and she's making one. I don't know. It's like, it's just literally graph paper. Oh, wow. Hard. And I'm great. like crossing off each block as I do it. And I had to kind of imagine, like, I don't know, it's going to be framed in black, um, the same block in black. So it's, it's going to take me a while. Yeah. That, but that's a, I like that one. That one might be my new favorite. My, you know, yeah. today's favorite. Yeah, today's sure, favorite. It's sure. always the one I'm working on or I just finished is my favorite of all time ever. Mm -hmm. So, so you said earlier that you have um, a closet full of unfinished oh. tops. Do you, do you kind of circle back and, and pull some of those out and work on them or? Well, the tops are all finished. They just haven't oh, been oh, gotcha. quilted yet. They haven't yet. been quilted. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not, I don't really have like, um, what do UFOs. people say? I, yeah, I don't yeah. really have UFOs. I um, sometimes I'll have like three quilts going at the same time, um, especially if one is laborious. Like a Bonnie Hunter to me is always like that's um, that's very <laughs> challenging for my brain and my stamina. And so if I'm working on one of hers, I usually have another one going alongside that is makes me feel like I'm making um, kind of a dent in something. And then a leader's enders. I always have a leader's enders going. So that's great. And do yeah. you um, do you use Bonnie Hunters or do you just look around for different leaders and enders? Um, one time I did a friendship star. Um, I I don't know. I usually just find something simple, and it, it's sure. I haven't sure. I haven't done Bonnie's leaders enders. I've seen some of hers, and I think like, whoa, those. I kind of want something that's so simple that. It, it sure. does, it, it doesn't, I don't have to think hard and I just, um, because otherwise I won't use it as a leader's enders. I really do love that. Like, oh, I just finished chain piecing, you know, 20 blocks and now I'm going to run this little thing through here. So I don't waste <laughs> any thread. And, and when I'm on the featherweight, you kind of have to have a, um, you always have to have a block under that. Um, it'll get tangled if you don't have a block, or, sure. you know, that is caught true. up in thread. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man. So, if you were talking to somebody who's wanting to get into quilting but is scared of it, is there something you'd say to them? Oh, yeah. I, 
um, I've got uh, a friend I just started teaching to quilt and got her started on things. And one of the things I would say is um, I started watching YouTube videos from the Fat Quarter Shop um, during the pandemic on Friday mornings. I just needed something like I was like, oh, this is fun. It's a live broadcast. And I would watch and I felt like some of the things that she would show, I thought, oh, this is a great beginner block or some, and she kind of would model it. So I would, I would recommend YouTube videos to people who are just starting out, um, or going to a beginner quilt class. I mean, um, and I also think like letting people know that it's just fabric and maybe for your first quilt, it depends, you know, some people are very precious with their fabric and it, it stresses them out, you know, um, to to cut it and then what if you don't have enough or what if you use it wrong and i think like um getting some donated stash from someone that you aren't feeling like necessarily tied to emotionally in any way (laughs) and it doesn't make you feel like um if you because you're going to make mistakes like oh my gosh my very first quilt is a it's a log cabin and that thing does not line up in any way shape or form and i it, but it's so soft and it's it's what's on my couch. Everyone wants to cuddle up with it. And I think I've shown that quilt to multiple people that I've been kind of getting started on quilting. Like, what do you think of this quilt? And they'll say, oh, I love this. And I say, really, it's horrendous. This is the worst. <laughs> Don't <This> say is- <laughs> that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the, like a-, a quilt teacher might give me a lot of directions on that one. But that one was the one I made, you know, I actually made that before I took that quilt class from my quilt teacher. I just kind of was goofing around with fabric. And but see, that's mm-hmm. the best. That's the yeah. best. I mean, yeah. that level of confidence is what you <laughs> you kind of have to have if you're going to go yeah. off and do your own thing instead of mm-hmm. instead of just following patterns. So good for you. I also think pattern. Um, like I have a lot to say about the way patterns are written. Right. Like. Um. There's Tell ways us your that, thoughts. Oh, heavens. Don't, we might have to make another episode. Um, but I, I will compliment. I mean, I'm I'm not tied in any way to Fat Quarter Shop, but I'm going to compliment their pattern designers. They are on point and they yes. have the pieces marked with letters. Yep. And um, I have, it's just so clear. I cut everything out and it's so obvious what, part I'm grabbing next. If you're going to follow a pattern, I really would recommend that to beginners. Um, yeah, their stuff is fantastic. Plus if you buy their kits, they give you enough to make mm, some yes, pretty spectacular mistakes mm-hmm. and still have <laughs> enough to finish. Yeah. I did a block of the month with them and was able to get two quilts out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and I made two of every block. And I think mm-hmm. I only had to buy more of the background to finish wow. it. Yeah, that's so. that's so smart. I mean, yeah, so great. like I tell beginners, if if the fabric, if it calls for, you know, a quarter yard by half and, you know, you have extra and you don't feel so anxious about cutting. Um, sure. Yeah. Also, like, you know, all like new blades are important. Um, fresh blade. I don't necessarily do a fresh blade after every quilt, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that would be smart depending upon how much yeah, cutting you've definitely. done. 
Um, and it never hurts to change your needle either. Yep. New needle. <laughs> um, I made that king size charm quilt, the one I mentioned that I, the very first one that got me back into quilting. And I used the blade on there that was from 20 years ago. And I, I ended up like having to see a doctor because I had some carpal tunnel and I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then my mom said, well, how do you, have you put a new blade in? And I was like, oh, do you do that? I mean, that's literally how I had, I had not been quilting for so long. I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. And I put the new blade in and I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's always funny. I'm always, why did I wait so long? And then, of course, you know, the first cut, mm-hmm. if the table, if I could go all the way across the table, except I never can because my table is always so cluttered, but I would destroy something on the other side because I get so much speed oh, yeah. coming across. I'm like, wham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fresh blades so, are everything. Oh, man. Yeah. They're fabulous. I know that you, and I mentioned earlier that you work as a teacher. Do you ever talk to or show your quilts to your students? All the time. And <laughs> that's, yeah. How did you know? Um, they, yeah, the, some of my students, you know, would be like, I'm, my mom's following you on Instagram. And I was like, cause I, I used to, you know, not, I used to have Instagram private, but right. then I realized all I'm doing is showing, I'm just putting cool stuff on there. So I don't really care what, what what's on there, but. Um, I've used it to show examples of like mistakes and how, how we're self-critical. We see mistakes, but another person would never see that. Um, and I've shown kids like, like, here's a quilt I just made and they ooh and ah over it. And then I go, and this part, it was backwards and this doesn't quite butt up, you know, to show them like, like we are our worst critics. So I'll use that kind of social emotionally in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you teach? I teach fifth grade. and yeah, in a public school over here in Oregon. And um, I'm in McMinnville, Oregon, a little tiny town that's um, about an hour from the ocean. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's it's not tiny to me, but it it's, <laughs> it's a small town. Um, yeah, so I do, I, I will bring in quilts when I finish them and um, talk about the geometry um, of it during math time. And um, if it has a story, like, um, yeah. So my That's students great. always know I'm a quilter and, um, and you know, that we have this amazing quilt store here that people drive pretty far to come to. And so the kids are always like, I saw you going into Boresma's this weekend. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can quit any time. Yeah. No, I couldn't. <laughs> Yeah. So I've noticed you've been using the quick curve ruler a, a oh. bunch lately. Isn't that amazing? Yes. That's so kind of wonderful. And yeah, my yeah, my Jeff, sister I'll gifted that me that. Yeah, my sister gave me that um, pattern, and um, and then I went down and bought the rulers, and I I did make I played around because sometimes I have this like I don't know if this happens to either of you but sometimes I feel like I can't just copy the pattern I have to do it my own way some way there's like this rebellious spirit of like make it your own and I played around with those blocks and was going to do something completely different and realized no 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 just go just do what the pattern's intention was and um that was a fun that was fun. I learned a lot and I'm, 
there were these like leftover pieces um, when you cut the outside background and I could not waste them. I was like, these are juicy. What am I going <laughs> to And so I, I played around with, I yes. like made, yeah, I just posted recently. I, I made like leaves out of them. And I was like, this, this kind of looks like that artist Orla, Orla, is it? Karen, Kier- Karen, yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm going to play with that. And so I, that one I kind of made up on my own. It's kind of fun. That's cool. Yeah. Have you, do you have her rulers and have you oh, yes. done that? Yeah, yeah. I've done bunches of quilts with her stuff and just had a fantastic time. And Is I've that met, how you? I've met Jenny and Helen oh, at nice. quilt shows and talked to them. That's so, cool. Did you, yeah. is that how you made the curves on the, I saw on your Instagram, the beautiful. The half clamshells, the recent one. Yeah. Is that how you curved that? No, those are okay. with um, a template, a Louisa Smith strips and curves template from 2002. Wow. <laughs> and I had to clean my sewing room recently and I came across a whole bunch of things that I bought 20 some years ago. And pull them back out. And I was sitting in the waiting room with my mom at an eye doctor appointment and designed that or wow. came up with that concept and went, I have a template shaped like that. But there, Latifa Safir has um, has a half clam, has a clamshell template. There are a bunch of them out there. It's now. stunning. That's so a it's, stunning piece. They're really fun to play with. Mm-hmm. So, and so what's the what's the uniqueness of the quick curve ruler? I've never used it. Uh, it's a it's a curve off of a fifteen inch radius circle, so it's a really easy curve, and the versatility of it is just incredible. So you sew it, and you'll you'll understand, Jeff, the uh, hugeness of the statement I'm about to make. You sew it without okay. pins and without glue. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you press because it because really, Elaine is a pinner. I am a pinner. <laughs> oh, I'm you a, are. I'm an obsessive pinner or glue oh, basting job. for curves. Glue basting for curves most of the time, but um, I'm an obsessive pinner. But it, they're absolutely, the patterns are very, very well written. They have mm-hmm. lots of built in extra fabrics so you can mess up and then make beautiful uh, pieces of the extra fabric that you cut off, as shown on <laughs> Tara's Instagram feed. Um, and they're just really forgiving. It's a very forgiving curve, a very smooth curve, very easy to work with. And the patterns, there are so many patterns with this one ruler. I have not explored any of those yet. So that, oh. that gives me something fun to do maybe next, yeah. Elaine. Because I just go to their I don't website. have one in process. Yeah, go okay. to their website. So kind of wonderful. You'll fall down the rabbit hole and yeah, I've bought multiples because I lent my mini curve ruler. I met, lent it to someone and they brought it back cracked. Oh, and so yes. I bought another one. That's not a friend. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> she she paid for the the replacement, oh. but it was, you know, I was like, what? What did you do? Did you step on it? I mean, really? But um, I still have that one. It's taped together. And then I have a new one, the replacement. Why I kept both, I don't know. And I've got the original quick curve. I've got the long arm quilting rulers that go with them. I'm, I'm, I'm a disciple for sure. Well, I thought my sister gave me that pattern as a sign of her, um, you know, how sisters sometimes have like butt heads. Mm -hmm. So I thought my sister gifted me a curve, a quilt 
with curves as a sign of showing me that she didn't love me (laughs) Um, because I thought, Oh, curves. I don't know. That just overwhelmed me. And I, she gave it to me just for Christmas and I parked it and thought, I don't know. I'd pull it out and think that looks overwhelming, but you're right. Those, the rulers really did um, help. And I made kind of a test block with some scraps and thought, Oh, and then, and so when I, when I did mine, I, I used a color wheel and I did this, I kind of like with the fan blades or the the center part, I would, whatever color the center was, I would go straight across the color wheel and then go left and right one. So you did and, analogous. Yeah, it's like a split. And I, split I was analogous. like, that was kind of a rule that I had. And I, and then my other rule, sometimes I put these rules on my mind, like I'm only going to use stash. So my rule is I'm not shopping. Mm-hmm. for fabric for this one and like the challenge is can I make that work and somehow I did outstanding yeah and you were mentioning the fat quarter shop um patterns and how well done they are they're so oh, kind of yes. wonderful patterns are also also oh, done that, done that way with really good diagrams and circles and arrows and you know all that <laughs> it, <laughs> all it's that all helpful. stuff and measurements very carefully marked so you can see what you're doing so they're that's nice they're really really good and they've always been good. So it's not even, you don't even have to say, okay, starting here, they're good. No, they're all good. Oh, that's <laughs> nice to hear. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you're, that you're um, not someone who's like out, you know, buying fabric obsessively like some uh, quilters mm-hmm. do. What, what is your stash like at this point? I, I Jeff. do have quite a stash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, rude. I, <laughs> not, I don't think asking about stash is rude. I think it. I think it's freeing for people who have because people are critical to themselves. Are people right? I mine are all wrapped on the comic book boards. You've seen because Same. I need to see what I have, um, and that's when I do go buy. Is I'll kind of look up at my bookshelf and go, "Oh, I'm really low on yellows," and I'll go buy um, a half right. yard of three yellows. Um, yep. And so I'm always having, you know, and and then I kind of realize like, geez, you really favor, you know, I kind of can tell like I favor an indigo blue and an aqua like nobody's business. And so I think I should probably just make an indigo and aqua quilt and burn through some of that stash so that I can even it out. I'm looking at my bookshelf while I'm talking because I can (laughs) I can see it all there. And And blue has been hard to find for a while. It hasn't been as trendy. So. Yeah, I was helping a friend. Um, they are adopting a baby from Colombia, and she's making a quilt. And she wanted to have um, the colors of the Colombian flag, and like it was like a cherry red and a bright blue, and I was it a yellow, I think, and like some primary kind of colors. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you could not find a cherry red to save your life, and it, everything was kind of more like a muted, um, like it had a little gray in it. Um, or a little yellow almost, um, they kind of leaned. And I was like, wow, I hadn't even thought about that, how colors, color trends, you know, come and go. I did a quilt in the early 90s. I started it in the early 90s. And I used a lot of hunter green, as, you know, one did. Uh-huh. And then That's- 14 years later, <laughs> I picked it up again, and you couldn't get that color anymore. They only had yeah. spring green and... Uh-huh. You know, the yellowy ones. And so I had to alternate 
the blocks I had done with log cabin blocks that used both so that the rest of the blocks, the newer ones went. And it was, kind of that was blending. very educational. Yeah. So that's, yep. I, my, that, the log cabin I have, it's got the hunter green and some purples. And then I was kind of fascinated that I did like some low volumes as the, 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 the background. I was kind of like, wow, I liked low volume way back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been great. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and the quilts that you're making? They can find me at fleurdelis73 on Instagram. Um, I don't post much on Facebook, um, but I most of my quilt stuff is all on on Instagram. And happy to have people stop by. Love, I love connecting with other quilters and. Um, sharing ideas and following other quilters. I love, I just think that's like the most fun way to stay in touch with quilters. That's wonderful. Well, again, we've been speaking with quilter Tara Romero from Oregon, and you can find Tara, as she just mentioned on Instagram at fluidly 73 And Tara, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. Wonderful.